They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Welcome back to the Hackberry House, a daily podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted Church of North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 249. It's August 16, 2015. Here's another story from a refugee heading for South Korea from a land, well, it's hard to love. I guess if you were born there, you still love North Korea. But other than that, very hard for us to love and hard for some of them to love. Some of them just have to get out. Her name, and this isn't really her name, we're going to call her Okseo. She was married to a man of high means in North Korea, which means his family was politically connected. She didn't experience suffering in the 90s like many of our other refugees. This is from Crossing Borders, by the way. She lived a life of privilege until her husband took her 10-year-old son and left for another woman. Thus began her life of struggle. The only way Oksyo would survive was to buy stolen copper in North Korea and sell it to Chinese merchants. This, according to Oksyo, was a high crime in North Korea. If she bought copper stolen from an electrical line connected to Pyongyang, North Korea's capital city, she could have been executed. In prison, she subsisted on a boiled corn soup with exactly 24 kernels of corn in each boya. They counted them. This was her ration for the day. It was in prison where she heard stories about how one could live and eat in China. So immediately after she was released from prison, she headed for China. Her friend, who was also in the copper sales business, told her she could make close to $500 a month in a tailoring factory. When she finally made it across the border, she knew she had been deceived, and she realized she's being sold. She had heard stories of North Korean women being sold to Chinese men with handicaps, so she cried and pleaded with her captors to sell her to a man with no physical defects. She got her wish. She was sold to a Chinese farmer who, according to Oxyo, had an overwhelming amount of debt. She worked the farm with her husband, but each year most of their harvest went to service the debt that he owed. When things got particularly desperate for the family, her husband would prostitute Oxyo. There were other problems. Her husband's family would physically and verbally abuse her, and as a result, She had terrible headaches. She knew other refugee women in her village were under the care of crossing borders. This woman invited Oxio to church. She became a Christian shortly after her headaches disappeared. That is, after she became a Christian. Shortly after that, her headaches disappeared. She has a young son who recently fell very ill. She prayed desperately, our missionary said. And though her son is still sick, she said that she's learning and understanding more about how God loves her. As she stays up at night with her son, she realizes this is how God loves her. He never sleeps. He's always caring for and looking after her. She's been helping out at her church nursing home uh, a lot to earn money. She does the cooking. She does the cleaning. Often the elderly people complain that she doesn't cook well. Despite this, she tries to smile and be kind to those she is helping. Oxio is hungry for the Bible. She journals every day and is very faithful to her prayers. Please pray for her as she seeks peace and comfort from God 
amidst her tremendous struggles. No, that's not the end of it. And that was just the beginning. We're now moving up to September of 2013. Oxio is doing very well. She no longer works at her church's nursing home. She works at a restaurant a few hours away. The region she lives in has very few North Korean refugees, so there's little threat of being caught by the authorities. Her whole family moved with her so she could work. She's doing well, though many of her struggles still remain. Earlier this year, we were able to record her singing a song that she wrote. She said she was journaling and, and thinking about her salvation when the song came to her. You can see her video uh, online, http colon two forward slashes bit dot ly forward slash oxio. That's okay dash seo. And we're case sensitive here, so you got to capitalize the O and capitalize the S. The first O on ok and this S in seo. We move to May 14, uh, May 2014. Along with the regular counseling Oxio receives from her local Crossing Borders employer, our staff from the U.S. has had two chances to meet her at her church. Our first visit at the beginning of the year was much different from our second, which occurred in the spring. Oxio's family went without heat this winter. We've been helping her with a small monthly stipend for the past couple years to cover living expenses. He decided late last year to stop working for reasons unclear to Oxio and our workers on the ground. This is an update that we shared on our blog about our encounter. And, and now we share that update. Her husband is described as, well, extremely lazy by Oxio and our missionaries. He was coddled as a child and is unable to handle adversity. According to our sources that are familiar with the couple, China's northernmost recesses are extremely cold in the winter. Oxio lives near the border of Siberia, where it can reach 30 to 40 degrees below zero Fahrenheit without the wind chill. It's hard for us to imagine how hard it is for the family to stay warm without heat. It would be easy for us to raise funds to give the couple extra funds to heat their home, but we fear this will give her husband even less incentive to work. We could also cut our support to them altogether to encourage her husband to work, but this would leave the family without enough food. When we visited this spring, her situation seems to have improved thanks in part to your prayers and the prayers of our support base. Oxio told us that she's been doing really well recently and she's been feeling God's blessings and love. She believes that help and visitations from crossing borders has been God showing his love to her. Her dream is that she will have strong faith and that she can really learn his word so that she has the faith to go and share the gospel to North Korea. Her faith has really gone, grown as is apparent to our missionary who makes regular visits. Right now, her husband is away from home to make money. She does not work, but she lives in town with her son. Currently, her daily schedule appears to be sending her son to school, then coming to church to do some volunteer work. She doesn't have any specific plans for work in the future yet. She said she has she was in a bad place with her husband when we saw her this winter because he was hitting her. She said it with tears. 
Her prayer request was for her son in North Korea, who is 17 years old now that he would be safe and healthy. Crossing Borders is initiating a program for all of the adults and children under our care. We'll be encouraging everyone to make plans for the future and helping them achieve their future goals in a step-by-step process. We hope that Oxio will chart a course for herself in the future so that she can help support her struggling family. Now we fast forward again to November 2014. Oxio is still doing very well. According to our missionaries and staff, she still has trouble with her relationship with her husband. But despite these troubles, she always has a smile on her face. We recently asked her if she wanted to participate in the Black Mushroom Project. She considered this offer, but after giving it some thought, she said that you know, the fact that she doesn't have a legal ID in China puts her at risk. Many of our refugees have legal identification, which they've obtained through counterfeiting or bribes. Oxo does not. We'll be working with her in 2015 in order to get her ID so she can participate in programs such as our Black Mushroom Projects or to get jobs on her own. And then our final update was just last month, July 2015. Well, like Mihai, and we told her story a few weeks ago, Oxio also has taken the Underground Railroad to South Korea but under slightly different circumstances. As we mentioned in the past, Aksyo was in relative safety as she lived further from the North Korea border area, but she had trouble learning Mandarin and blending in. This has made it harder for her to find work and, most importantly, to communicate with her husband and his family. This put her at the whim of her abusive husband, who's been described as lazy. When he would decide to quit work, the family, including her young child, would suffer. A couple years ago, her family went without heat in the punishing winters typical to her region, where temperatures regularly reach 30 degrees below zero. She would try to speak out, but her language skills were inadequate, which led her to even deeper frustrations and even more fighting with her husband. By early this year, she wanted to start anew in South Korea. She still wants to honor her marriage, and once she receives refugee status in South Korea, she says she will invite her husband and son to live with her. Many North Korean women leave China with this intent, but the reality has proved to be more complicated. Over the years, we've helped many North Korean women who have been granted refuge in South Korea have promised to invite their husbands who purchased them in China. But most refugees balk when they actually get to South Korea. Like China, South Korea has a gender imbalance. It's not nearly as bad as China's, but it has become a problem. As North Korean women have flocked to South Korea, they find many willing suitors with better economic prospects as their counterparts uh, in China. And then there's the issue of trafficking. Once they live in a free country, they begin to question the validity of their marriages in China. Aksyo leaves with only the promise to bring her husband and her child to South Korea. Many of the children in our second wave program have been told similar things from their mothers, but have yet to receive invitations from them to join them in South Korea. 
Other refugees we have encountered in South Korea and the United States say that because they have, in effect, nullified their past marriages in China by not inviting their husbands to South Korea, their husbands and husbands' families have held their children as ransom for money and for invitations to South Korea and the United States. We went through all the scenarios with Oxyo and have laid out the pitfalls for North Korean refugees in South Korea and the dangers of going through the Underground Railroad to find refuge. A couple months ago, we received word from the organization helping her leave China that she was apprehended in Thailand and arrested. This arrest does not jeopardize her refugee status, it just may delay it. She and the group traveling with her was caught without identification near the border. She's been released and is waiting in Thailand for entry into South Korea. We'll be in close contact with her as she begins her new life in South Korea. And we will keep you posted on her progress. Thank you for your support. From Crossing Borders in Glenview, Illinois, United States. Oh, what do you have to say about that? Very typical stuff here, though. This is, this, to us, it's incredibly unusual and, and, and very difficult, and it is all of that, but kind of normal uh, in dealing with refugees coming over into China from North Korea. Uh, the family situation, the trafficking situation, the underground railway, there's just a pattern here. There's just, uh, I haven't gotten used to it, believe me, but I, uh, and I understand it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing. Very difficult to think about the, all the moral aspects. What do you do uh, when things like this are going on? Do you just stay faithful right there? And, uh, or do you, do you try for a better way with uh, <laughs> hoping you'll get your children back later? What, what do you do? What do you do? It's not as easy as, as we had thought. As we, I know we read the scriptures and we believe them and we, we, we will preach that to others. The truth that's in the word. But have you had it tested in your life? as they are having it tested. Well, enough of that for today. My, 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 my. Bless these people, Lord. Um, we'll talk more about Chinese and, and Korean-type facts the next time we get together on, on a Sunday, which will be next week, of course. And then remember that the next four days I'll be on break. Friday we will finish up the Jonathan Goforth chapter in that book. Not the whole book, but just that one chapter. Next Saturday, of course, a Spurgeon sermon. And uh, I do hope to maybe talk to you by blog sometime during this week. So maybe. <laughs> we'll see as things develop. Just going to be a kind of a hectic, busy four days. Don't forget where we started. And this is a cry from them. Psalm 107.6. They, and I'm thinking North Korean refugees, North Koreans in general, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Well, you know what happens when people cry out to the Lord in their trouble. Amen. Can you imagine this woman? After she's cried out to the Lord, she, she has the peace. In the midst of the same kind of circumstances, she still has peace with God and love of God and knows that God loves her. Gives us encouragement to, to know that we can handle some of the silly stuff that we think is so difficult here. Amen. Talk to you in a few days. God bless.